Uh, I'd like to welcome you uh, guests this morning, particularly. Thanks for joining us today. It's a little bit of a, a different Sunday. Uh, it's unique compared to our normal services. We, we usually do music like we just did, and then we take a five-minute break like we just did. But usually we'll hear a message during this time of the service where I or somebody else will be sharing from the scriptures with the congregation. But today uh, we've got some uh, important information, quite a variety of things that I'm going to be sharing with you this morning. Uh, it's a bit of family business, if you will. Uh, so I'm going to be talking for about 30 minutes about that stuff, and then we're going to have brunch together. Uh, so again, if you're a guest uh, and you're, you know, you're visiting churches around town uh, looking for a place to call home, we invite you to come back and join us again uh, in the future if you want to get a little better idea of what our Sundays are like. But this is pretty close, but uh, just a little bit different Sunday today. And please stay, for a, stay with us for brunch afterwards. We invite you to do so. We'd love to have you. We're just going to be, we're going to set up some tables over here and we're going to be hanging out and visiting. And uh, so it's going to be good. Uh, I want to start out this morning by reflecting a little bit on some recent history as a church here in Helena. Um, maybe not so recently. We started, Mount Helena Community Church was started in the late 70s. In 1978, actually, we've been around for a while now. And uh, we still have a few members here from those early 80s. And you know who you are. We have had many adventures over the decades. We've met in quite a variety of locations. Uh, in 2012, I was set in as a senior leader of Mount Helena Community Church. And uh, it's certainly been a very challenging adventure uh, for me and the elder team here in these recent years. We were in a really tough spot, really, when we started leading in 2012. We had come out of, just coming out of financial recession and it was very difficult. Uh, I was not employed here at the church. Uh, I was running a heating and air conditioning business, and we were attempting to break the mold, as it were, in terms of being uh, leading a church this size, but still being bivocational was really something we were trying to do in those days. Uh, we also had to build some trust with the church, I think, as young leaders and just stepping into uh, eldership and those kind of things, trying to build some trust with the congregation in those years. And uh, not only that, we were running the Gateway Center, which was an event center here. As part of the church, it was very difficult as a staff to figure out how to navigate those things. Uh, but not only has it been challenging, it's been very rewarding. Uh, in recent years, we have taken a number of faith risks, we called them, uh, like closing the Gateway Center was a risk that we took. Uh, closing my business and coming on staff full-time was a major risk that we took in faith, believing God was leading us in that. And God has really blessed us. Uh, our financial situation has dramatically improved. There's been a lot of life and momentum in the last few years, a real sense of progress. And, uh, we together as a church have really been effectively building community and living the mission, which is really our mission here as a church, and it's been fruitful, and I'm very thankful for that. Today we find ourselves sailing on a ship that has a breeze in its sails, if I can use that analogy. Uh, I'm probably the last person that should be using a sailing analogy. I'm the guy that would be wearing a life jacket and water wings and an inner tube around his waist, uh, so maybe it doesn't fit very well, but I'm guessing... If I were a sailor and the breeze were in my sails, uh, that I'd be using that breeze to get me where I want to go. 
That's where we feel like we're at as a church. God has been pushing us along towards the next chapter of the story of Mount Helena Community Church. Uh, We believe that we have a destiny in the city of Helena. We believe that for a long time. We believe by both the scripture and the vision that God has sown into us prophetically that there is a purpose for us as a church in the kingdom of God. Just as there's a part for you as an individual person to play, so there is for us collectively as well. We also believe that even beyond the city of Helena, that God has called us to be a hub to resource churches, to plant churches, to equip and send people out for the purposes of God and for his kingdom, whether that be right down the road to Townsend or some other small Montana community or all the way on the other side of the planet in a place called Peter Maritzburg, South Africa. Already we're seeing an inkling of that heart in recent years. We've sent quite a few teams over to South Africa, the Philippines. We have uh, some members of our congregation that went to Squim, Washington and planted a church. We've been working with them, and if you're keeping up with them, they've had a lot of developments. We're connecting with churches in Spokane and Missoula through regions beyond. So God is continuing to open doors for us to be an investor in the kingdom, even amongst other churches, and we anticipate more of that in the years ahead. In recent weeks, as a part of our messages, we've been focusing on the kingdom of God specifically. That's not by accident. We've been looking at this kingdom. We, you know, we call it a new kingdom that he ushered into the earth. It actually was 2,000 years ago that he got the process started. But this new kingdom that Jesus is bringing into the earth, and I can't go into all the details about that, but the main idea is that you and I, as followers of Jesus, have become part of his kingdom. If we're a part of some new system or new process or new kingdom, we become citizens of something else, and it begs the question, how do I participate in his kingdom? We as a church are not here simply to gather and listen to teaching or worship together, grow in relationship with Jesus. That's what we're doing all those things, but we're also called to invest what God has given to us into others. What I... Uh, When I say us, I I mean all of us, you included, not just clergy, not just leaders, not just ministry leaders. All of us are called to make an investment in the kingdom of God, and it's a major focus for us. We are called to serve, and we need to keep that as a main focal point of what we do, looking outside and how to serve others. This kingdom is expanding. Jesus is building his church, just like he told Peter that he would. And it continues to grow. It's the gathering of his people. And it will continue to grow as we add to it until he returns. We as a group must ask ourselves, how are we going to participate in this effort? In becoming a powerful and productive, fruitful work in the kingdom of God. How do we continue to, in reference to the words of Paul, when he said, expand our area of influence? which is what Paul was doing. There have already been many things that we've done to answer that call, and undoubtedly there'll be many things that we do and change in the years ahead to better answer the call of God on us as a church. So in order to better serve our community and to increase our ability to be able to answer that commission of Jesus, we have determined that it's time for us to move into two Sunday services. 
Go ahead, you can cheer. If you're excited about it, cheer. We've actually been contemplating this for a year and a half, probably. We've been working very deliberately, particularly this last year behind the scenes, to see that that would happen this fall. Uh, we looked at doing it last fall. We looked at doing it again in January this last year and just needed more time, needed more uh, conversation and strategy to fall into place, really needed to feel the timing of God uh, before that was going to come together. But having multiple services isn't new to MHCC. We've done that in our history. Uh, we've had a variety of service times over the years. We've just never done that since we've been in this facility and had this much space. We believe it's strategic for a variety of reasons, and I'm going to cover a lot of the reasons this morning behind this adjustment, and we're going to continue in the months ahead to make it a part of our messages, talking about why we're making adjustments, why we're changing, uh, and so you have some time for that. Uh, there are a bunch of other changes that are going to strategically coincide with switching to two services. Uh, some of them have already been implemented, and some of them are in the process of being implemented. Some are still in development. Uh, we have been working hard, like I said, behind the scenes to make sure this is done very well. Uh, we do not have all the answers to every question. We won't have all those answers today, um, but we continue to work through those details uh, surrounding these changes. Uh, but we felt it was best to give you several months' notice uh, before we make the leap, and it gives us opportunity to discuss it and also sow some vision for it uh, over the next few months. Uh, October 6th is the big day. That's the day we plan on being the first Sunday that we do two services. So really we have three months to finish up our preparations, and we don't yet have finalized times that we will be meeting at, but they will be two new times uh, that we meet. And as I mentioned, we don't have all of the details sorted out. Uh, but in order to solve a lot of those details and bring some diversity of gifting and perspectives to the process, uh, we formed a team uh, that we've called the Switch Team. Uh, this group of ministry leaders and get-or-done types have been acting as a think tank and doing some of the legwork behind the scenes. They're wrestling with various questions about how to do this well. Uh, they've been in contact with other churches in our community that do multiple services, picking their brains about what has worked and what hasn't worked and what's been good and challenging for them. Cassie and Sherea, who are on staff here, have been leading that effort, but I just want to thank that whole team for all of their effort. Would you guys give that team a hand? You haven't known them. You haven't known that they've been working on your behalf, but they have been behind the scenes. And so I just want to thank them for all the efforts that they've put into it. Their investment has been very valuable. They'll continue to work with the ministry team leaders in the months ahead to iron out all the logistics. A couple of things we do know, like I said, there will be two new service times. Uh, they'll both be on Sunday morning, and uh, they will be the same. We're not doing like one service that's different than another. They'll just be the same service that we do twice. Uh, I want to cover some of the reasons why and then some of the changes that we're going to be implementing. I hope that all of us will see and understand that the most significant overall reason for going to two services is to create greater opportunity for greater impact in our community. That is the number one visionary purpose why we're doing it. 
We want to have a greater impact in our community. Number one reason. Having two services are going to help us activate more people's gifting. It's going to help us create more leadership opportunities, and it's going to give us more options for people attending church, which means we're going to be able to reach more people, and we're going to be activating more people. We're going to build community and live that mission to a greater extent. Uh, Making the change to two services is a faith risk, for sure, and we're ready to take it. In other words, we're believing that now is the time to make an adjustment and be expectant that God will continue to lead us as a church in his plans and his purposes. This change is an effort to be selfless, servant-minded, and with an external focus. We want to see a multiplication instinct infused into our culture, a fruitfulness, if you will. It would be easy to become comfortable with ourselves and see no need to be inclusive of others. But that is not what we are called to do. We're called to be fishers of men, just like Jesus' disciples were. We need a bigger net. We want to be trustworthy with what we have, and we want to see it multiplied, which is a principle we see in Scripture. That's the big picture principle behind our decision. I suspect that the most common reason that Churches choose to go to two services is to make more room for growth. If you look around here today, we're actually very full. It looks like all the advertising about a super top secret announcement worked, which wasn't so top secret. But if you look around today, we're, uh, you know, July is normally a poor, the most poorly attended month of the year for churches. Um, but we are, we are definitely full here today. I need to mention that Montanans go crazy when there's sunshine outside. Can't say that I blame them. Uh, But our attendance has steadily increased over the last couple of years. So we've been feeling this. You see that sign over there that says maximum occupancy load 600? That big ugly sign on the wall? Uh, Fitting 600 people here in here is not reasonable. Uh, We did it in our gateway days. You have to tear down the stage. And we found that once you get 400 chairs in here or a little more, it starts to get crowded. We've been bumping up against 300 people pretty much every Sunday. We're getting close to that, and that's about 75% full. Most studies historically show that once a room is about 80% full, people stop coming back. When they come in, if someone were to walk in here right now and only see these few open spots of chairs, uh, they don't come back. They don't feel like there's room for them. Actually, more recent studies have shown that that's lower. It's closer to 60%, and we're Montana, so it's probably more likely to be that. Uh, But we want to make sure that we are making room, that we're having a selfless attitude towards people that are trying to become a part of who we are. At Easter, we get in the mid-400s every year, so we, we pack this place out. But we're not necessarily at crisis level. We could cram more chairs in here if we needed to, Uh, But we just feel like this is a wise decision ahead of time strategically to make some more room. Really, where we're feeling the crunch in terms of space is in MHCC Kids, where all those kids are. We have a lot of kids each week. Those who volunteer are keenly aware of how full those classrooms get. Overcrowded kids' classes are a serious issue to us. Uh, Our kids' directors put a huge amount of effort into teaching the Uh, the kids about the gospel of Jesus and the scripture. Um, Just like in a school classroom, if there's too many learners and not enough teachers, uh, it can become chaotic 
And the kids don't really receive the attention they may need, nor the benefit of what's being taught. By going to two services, we will really be able to improve the experience for the kids. The kids aren't the only ones that benefit, obviously. Some of the volunteers in here right now that are realizing a kid's class will be half the size are starting to weep tears of joy, I'm sure. They've been full. We want our volunteers also to uh, enjoy their experience in teaching kids about God. And we really want the teachers to have the opportunity to connect with the kids that they're working with and make an investment into their lives. Some of you are really gifted at working with children. And we want to make sure that that gift is activated effectively, just like any other gift that we have in the church. So logically, your next thought should be, how did you make it easier when you just doubled the number of classes? I'm glad you asked. It leads me to another important reason why we're making this change to two services. Uh, it's a concept we've been calling serve one, attend one. One of the biggest deterrents for volunteers not only in kids' ministry, but others as well, is that if you volunteer, you end up missing out on a church service. A lot of times you end up missing on, out on connecting with people you want to visit with and those kind of things. And uh, After researching and visiting with a number of groups that do multiple services, there seems to be a main thought that comes to the forefront, that people are more willing to volunteer if they don't miss out on a service. And people that enjoy and are gifted with working with the kids actually end up volunteering more consistently and more often, and they end up developing a consistent ministry with those kids. There ends up being people that want to teach in some places every week. People that are good with kids want to teach every week, and then they have the opportunity before or after to participate in services, or at least at greater intervals than the quarterly ones that we uh, shoot for right now. As you can imagine, it also leads to that more consistent relationship with the kids, and that's awesome for them. So serve one, attend one has been a major driving thought behind why we would go to two services. It's a huge benefit, we believe, and we believe that's been the experience in visiting with uh, many of our friends about that as well. The only other real space issue that we've been having uh, is the parking lot, uh, which often is an issue for churches. When we built this place in these big parking lots, we thought parking will never be an issue. Parking is an issue, especially in the winter uh, you, if you've been through a winter here, that happens. And if you're a guest and you pull up and there's no place to park and there's 10-foot snowdrifts in the corner and you're like, eh, let's just go home. If you've been around a while, you might be tempted to think, what's the big deal? But if you attempt to empathize with someone who's looking for a church family to belong to, hassling in the parking lot or having a hard time finding a place to sit is a major stressor for people. If you're a guest here today, uh, maybe you felt some of those things. When you're comfortable with a group of people, you might take some of that stuff for granted, but we need to be cognizant of what's distressing to guests and people that are trying to become a part of what we're doing as a church. I mentioned earlier there's other strategic adjustments along with two services. I'm going to cover a few more of those. Um, As I said, I don't have a lot of specific details, and some of those are being formulated as we speak. Uh, We've already gone through changes like updating all of our kids' classrooms last summer. We brought a lot of new media infrastructure in here, stuff you can't necessarily see, but wiring and things like that have been being installed over this last year in preparation for some updates there. Our hospitality team, which is now called the First Impressions team, just went through a major overhaul. Jason has just, along with the rest of the staff, really went through the process of overhauling 
the First Impressions team. And so those of you that are part of that recognize that. But I've also noticed a big difference in the way things are functioning out there in the lobby and really appreciate some of those changes that Jason has been bringing. We have more greeters. We have more team leaders. Uh, there's a real sense of fresh purpose there on that team. Uh, another big change that has just happened that you are probably not aware of is that Tyler and Leslie Redden have taken over leadership of our worship team. Yeah. They're, in, <laughs> they're teaching kids church right now, actually, so they're not in here. Uh, they're one of our elder couples here. Jenny, my wife, has been leading the worship team for quite a few years now recently, and she will continue to lead musically on a regular basis. Uh, you will not see Tyler and Leslie up here, more than likely actually physically leading worship. They are bringing in vision and direction behind the scenes. Uh, they've already made some improvements, and we're really feeling the momentum with the worship team. So I'm really thankful for Tyler and Leslie being willing to step in there and provide some leadership for the worship team. Shreya, who has been our administrator for almost five years now, if you can believe that, will be adjusting her responsibilities to some extent, more towards communications, graphics, media, and maybe less of the basic administrative duties around here. So there'll be more on that to come. April Hyman uh, has been hired part-time to do some of the MHCC Kids logistics. Yeah, thank you, April. April's a full-time elementary school teacher, and uh, she's going to be helping us. There's a lot of work that goes on during the week, stocking bins and things like that. And that has been quite a, a workload for the kids' directors, and so April's going to help us with those, take some of the weight off of their shoulders. April is not going to be your go-to person regarding schedules or issues you might be having. Uh, she'll just be here during the week doing some of the logistics, so don't bombard her with those kind of things. Our director team is still going to be there, as they always have. Uh, oh, more change. You ready? Uh, new logo. We've been working on uh, going through developing a new logo and a whole rebranding that we're going to do. Won't be unveiling that today, but just so you know, uh, that's going on and, and will have an impact on our media and communications. One thing we've been working on that's huge, I'm really excited about, I could talk quite a bit about, but it's the establishment of a better development process for us. What does that mean? Well, Jesus' main commission was summed up in the idea of making disciples. That's what we're called to do. And we have been using Growth Track for the last seven years, and it's been helpful in connecting people to our vision, but it's only an introductory level kind of course. Uh, growth Track will be going away. Uh, we're presently writing a vision and values course that will replace what is currently 101, but we're also working on a much bigger picture uh, development process to help people grow uh, in their relationship with Christ, but also in their gifting and their leadership. So hopefully it, it will lead people to more activation, more release in ministry, and ultimately activate more leaders amongst us. So I would love to talk more about that. It's a huge, obviously, I just drop in the bucket right there, but there is a major strategy being developed behind the scenes. Ready? Here comes another one. Another significant change along with the two services is that we're going to implement full service kids ministry. This means that the kids will be going to their respective classes before the service in the auditorium begins. It's going to be very fun for them. Uh, we were able to witness them doing this in North Carolina a couple years ago, and we've been 
working with the kids team about how that actually could happen. And uh, very excited about it. They're going to go worship together on their own. And after that, they're going to head to individual classrooms for activities they do together. We've had a lot of conversation with the kids team. Obviously, this is a huge adjustment strategically for us and a lot of work to get that implemented. But it's, uh, we're really excited about it. One other detail associated with the kids in two services is the length of services. Our goal has been to keep services to an hour and 15 minutes the last couple of years, uh, which I have utterly destroyed by going over on a regular basis. I'm not sure you were aware of that, but, but I certainly was. I'm the worst, the worst when it comes to that. But when we eliminate the five-minute break to dismiss kids, uh, we're going to be um, trying to keep our services at about 70 minutes. It'll be more manageable for the kids, and the reality is that most uh, adults stop listening after about 40 minutes of me preaching anyway. So it'll be good in that department as well. Wow. There you go. Drinking from a fire hose today. Uh, There's lots of good stuff happening around here. And not just for myself, but the elder team and a lot of the ministry leaders that we've been visiting with. There's been a real excitement leading up to this moment and really anticipating, you know, it's kind of nervous. You're taking a step of faith, but we're doing it uh, to really better serve our community and have a greater impact. Because God has called us to have a greater impact in our community and the region around us. And so we want to keep moving that direction. We could always use more help. In all of these areas, I know that when you come into a place like this and it looks like things are in order and there's there's not maybe a lot of space for you to volunteer, I assure you we need volunteers in almost every single department, from worship to first impressions to kids' ministry. We really want you, even if you've only been around a short period of time, we really do want to help you find a place to fit and be active amongst us in helping us fulfill our vision and that you would dive in and and grow in a deeper level in your relationship with people around here and with God. We're going to keep building community. We're going to keep living the mission, you guys. It's very exciting. So I'm going to pray for us for a minute, and then I'm going to bring Shreya back here and give us instructions for brunch. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you so much, God, for just a season of life and momentum. We thank you so much that you've never left us or forsaken us. Lord, through the highs and the lows as a church, you have guided us. You are a faithful friend. Lord, I thank you for everybody whose lives have been touched over the years and and for all of the friends and leaders and co-workers, ministries that have gone on here. Father, I pray that you would fill each one of us with your spirit, Lord, for vision for the future, for seeing ourselves activated in greater ways, to see a greater fruitfulness, here at Mount Helena Community Church, and even a fulfillment, Lord, of all of those promises, Lord, that we feel that you've sown into our hearts on reaching our community, reaching our region, having an impact on the globe. Father, we thank you so much for that. Father, I pray that you guide us with wisdom in the days ahead. Father, I pray that you would uh, help us to see clearly what's on your heart and, and always to keep you first. This isn't just about logistics. It isn't just about administration and And all those details, Lord, it really is about you being glorified in our midst and lives being transformed, hearts being renewed, gifting being activated, people being restored. So, Father, help us to keep our eyes focused on you, the one who is authoring and perfecting all of this until you return. Lord, thank you that you've called us to be a part of your body, 
Lord, and I thank you for each person that's represented here and each gift that they bring to the table of your kingdom to see it made fruitful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.